1: Good afternoon and welcome to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture. I'm Lim su and T. shao is also in the studio with me today. So on this Monday, our story uh, will take a look at sort of a different type of relationship that is taking a toll during the pandemic. So amidst the lockdowns and the need to physically distance, we've made the effort to maintain our connection to our closest circle of friends and family, even when we can't see each other physically or as often as we'd like to. But what about the connections and conversations that we are missing out on, be it with a casual work acquaintance, the uncle at your local sundry shop or the stranger on the uh, at the cafe. So we will be taking a look at why these connections are important in our lives. So
0: we want to hear from you. How much do you miss these kinds of everyday um, sort of the more casual interactions and connections, right? On top of what suan has already said, perhaps it could also include um, acquaintances, uh, perhaps the colleagues that you're not so close to at work mm. or even acquaintances that you would have regularly seen at your gym That's right. or your or uh, wherever you go um, to work out and exercise. And all of these uh, have reduced during this pandemic. So we want to find out from you, how much do you miss these kinds of interactions? Uh, We have a few options for you on our Twitter poll. A lot only occasionally or not at all so you can take that poll at bfM radio also share with us some of the thoughts you know um, any other connections that perhaps we've not uh, we uh, you know if you're keeping track of our discussion that we we perhaps don't cover that you'd like to share with us you can also whatsapp us
1: at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine yes so last week you know I was as usual doom scrolling on social media <laughs> on my phone <laughs> um, when you know just like scrolling through all these different tweets and articles and then I came across this one in the Atlantic that caught my eye, and the headline read, "The pandemic has erased entire categories of friendship." And it goes on to say that there is a re- reason that you miss the people you didn't even know that well. So you know, and I and I was reading the article, and the author of it, um, Amanda Mull, describes you know watching a TV series and then her feeling an intense longing for all those people that she sort of um, she sort of only knew briefly. You know, in watching this uh, people interacting in the TV series, those interactions that you have you know occasionally when you go about your daily routine and she said that she's been able to see her closest friends during the pandemic through outdoor gatherings but you know she raised the question of what about the other people in particular you know of the uh, the fans and the employees at a sports bar that she used to frequent
0: mm. so you know this article also um, landed on my feed and uh, on my phone um, in fact I think three apart from you three other people shared wow. it with me yes I don't know what people
1: are trying to clearly, tell me. I think it resonates with people perhaps
0: that's true. And I, I think it did. Uh, and, you know, uh, apart from uh, Amanda's description of um, people she used to see sort of semi-regularly in her sports bar mm. because she follows a particular sport, right? Uh, for some others, um, for you, it, the, casu- the casual acquaintances may be, like I said earlier, co-workers that you usually only connect with over the water cooler in the pantry or those that may not be your direct colleagues, but they're on the other teams and sometimes you can brainstorm mm. with them spontaneously. Um, it might also be the friends that you meet every few months, uh, just to keep in touch, or those that you see only at class reunions once a year. Um, of course, the people that you see on your daily errands—the matchik selling nasilama at the morning market, or the barista at your favorite cafe—and uh, the random, spontaneous chats that you might have with the people who are queuing up next to you or behind you, perhaps at a distance now, <laughs> uh, where you might typically, um, on a non-COVID, in a non-COVID time, be complaining with them. About how long you've had to wait in the queue, or you know, just sharing, um, you know, just you know what's going to happen in the day for you. Just, just random casual conversations mm-hmm. that uh, we've sacrificed now because of the MCO and uh, all the various uh, restriction measures,
1: and perhaps to a certain extent that distant that you mentioned as well, right? Because nowadays, when I go to the uh, supermarket, for example, I see everyone queuing at a one meter distance. Everyone's just on their phone. I must say, me included, and mm-hmm. it, 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 it's very cold to a certain extent. Yeah,
0: and you don't feel comfortable trying to strike up a conversation because, well, number one, the mask gets in the way (laughs) and number two, people may be like, no, let's just not share that physical space right now. You know, I don't even want to make eye contact sometimes. That's right. Mm.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, much of the pandemic has really been about reinforcing our connections with those closest to us among our friends and family. You know, there there were and still are worries that lockdowns would negatively impact people's mental health, especially people who are living alone. And so, understandably, you know, many of us are channeling our energy into maintaining our ties with family and close friends, partly because it is also the easiest, right? These are the people that you've always spent time with or you often talk to even before the pandemic. So now it's just, you know, moving those connections that you have online and just remembering to schedule in those Zoom meetings or FaceTime to catch up with each other. Yeah,
0: but that's not something that you would do with a casual acquaintance. Mm. You're not going to, you know, ch- uh, do an online call with, uh, like you said, uncle at the sundry shop, <laughs> right? And, and yeah, we do still make the trips to the stores to buy our essentials, but now we do it as quickly and as efficiently mm. as possible, you know, uh, with restaurants shut, uh, with uh, dining not allowed right now at least, um, we're reducing our physical, social interactions and um, and along with it, um, what we've sacrificed also is the casual friendships that rely on these um, occasional outings. And so, you know, what the article in The Atlantic is trying to get at is that the pandemic has essentially evaporated
1: entire categories of friendship,
0: apparently. Mm.
1: Yeah, but I guess in the sense that, you know, like you mentioned, dine-in because you would meet with your friends, those occasional friends, at a restaurant, but now you don't even have that option so you might just forego with it. Yeah, and though you're not
0: close enough with them to schedule regular Zoom calls. That's right, mm-hmm. yeah. And,
1: you know, I, I came across another um, interesting article on the BBC which uh, was talking about a joint project by researchers at the University of Sydney and the University of Wollongong in Australia and initial results of their project point to a similar situation in Australia. So, open-ended responses to a survey that they sent around uh, to around 2,000 Australians indicated that people were actually shrinking their social networks. So according to Dr. Mali Bauer, one of the researchers involved, she said that people would only socialise with a very particular subgroup of uh, individuals and not with as many people as they would before the pandemic. And she adds that when social interactions moved online or when the local or community context was taken away if people you know regularly attended meetings at your community centre or um, partake in particular hobbies or events there, when you take that away, only certain kinds of relationships survive that move. And then, you know, people just reported saying that they miss these micro-interactions that they would have with people in their community.
0: Mm, that's interesting. So while there is no clear-cut definitions for different levels or different types of friendships, one concept that's commonly brought up in various articles uh, refers to this phrase, weak ties. So the term was coined in 1973 by Stanford sociologist Mark Granovetter, And uh, weak ties kind of describes the people who who are on the periphery of your life. So this could be acquaintances, people you see infrequently, or even near strangers with whom you only share some familiarity. So Granovetter says that while we are familiar with the idea of an inner circle, we also do have that outer circle. And he says that is just as vital to our social health in its own ways.
1: Mm. And I guess for people who do enjoy these um, smaller conversations, these ties could be beneficial for them because these conversations sometimes end up giving them the opportunity to vent, to confide, to brainstorm, perhaps even discuss things that you know you think are particularly important. And I think what makes these um con- these weak ties or connections stand out is perhaps they often come without any expectations because of how spontaneous they are. They're mm. not planned in any way. Like you mentioned you can't you won't just schedule Zoom meeting with someone who you are, you know, casually acquainted with. Yeah.
0: And um you may not consider all of your weak ties as friends, but they are people with whom you're friendly with. So Amanda Mal, that writer of the Atlantic article that uh, we've been referencing, she put it quite succinctly. So she said, and I quote, there are people on the outer periphery of my life for whom the concept of keeping up makes little sense. But there are also lots of friends and acquaintances, people I could theoretically see on video chat, but with whom those tools just don't feel right.
1: Yeah. And you know, and speaking of these online video chats, this so, the use of social media, I mean, yes, we do have it. But to what extent does it actually help you stay connected with with these casual connections, right? With these people with whom you have weak ties with. You would not necessarily, um, you know, first of all, you would not necessarily be connected to them, with them on social media. In the first place. In the they first may place. not be
0: on those networks. That's mm. right. And
1: you may not know them well enough to have gone searching for them on social media. Mm. And also, even if you are, there's, you're sort of just keeping updated on their lives. I guess there's no obligation to talk to them. You're just, mm. oh, seeing or oh, person A posted this, mm-hmm. person B posted that and it's different I guess compared to if you would have bumped into that person in real life where you had you would have felt that obligation to make some sort of small talk. Mm. See that's where I am
0: glad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the opposite of what uh, Amanda Mal has been describing uh, in this article. I actually don't feel bereft at the loss of mm. these casual uh, in uh, or weak ties. I I guess in a way I feel like okay, um the It's the pandemic, the lockdowns have helped me to sort of narrow down, uh, perhaps in a subconscious way, um, people that I really uh, need and want to keep in touch with. And those casual acquaintances, if there is no opportunity for me to keep in touch with them, I don't feel a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and this ties back to my personality, I guess, that um, I didn't invest so much or I didn't take put so much stock in those kinds of connections I'm not the type to um, always make friends with people at my neighbourhood stores or like to make small talk I have always liked to keep my distance anyway so Mm. yeah, um, I don't feel the the, the kind of loss that Amanda is describing
1: I guess it it really does go back to personality right, because we know reading that article Amanda makes it clear that she enjoys going to that sports bar that she frequents she enjoys that communal, uh, that communal feeling of you know them rooting for the same sure, sports team. Yeah. And, and for those people to have that, I guess, suddenly taken away from you for months and months on end. For them, they would have felt that loss because mm. they are so That that's part of their normal that's life, true. yeah. And
0: sports is a great, um, sports is a great way, to, an example to use, right? Because I can imagine lots of people going to mama here, for instance, mm. as well. And uh, when when there's a big match playing, they're not friends that you'd find on on your social media networks <laughs> again, no. right? But when during those two hours when the game is being played. Um, you're friends you're, with everyone there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there's huge bonding or, you know, maybe rivalry. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of connection going on.
1: You mm, know. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of people are missing that now mm. because you are just... <laughs> probably now watching on your own watching a football match on your own on at your home own.
0: and at the most um, you are perhaps texting um, with a few close friends that's that right. you know who are following the same game but it, you don't have the same uh, atmosphere ambience as being in a mama or a sports bar and right?
1: perhaps not that rivalry as well yeah, <laughs> that's right what about you um, sometimes I do miss those relationships I think it's more because I am used to interacting with some of them um, like for example the um, mama place that we used to frequent for breakfast uh, my, my family and I mm. you know the the workers there are very familiar with us because we go almost every weekend you know before we eat, we are the moment they see us they're like oh okay oh, we know. know what you want mm. okay yes so I guess in those cases I do miss that sort of sense of familiarity like they won't be people I find on social media mm, of course or you know the or the the um, perhaps all those hawker stalls for examples that you for example that I would frequent you know there's that sense of routine and normalcy I guess that I'm missing um, from this pandemic rather than that sense of friendship Mm. does that make sense? I don't (laughs) know
0: yes um, yeah. And um actually, the, perhaps that answers uh, or that gives us an idea as to um the results of our poll. So on Twitter, we've been asking you, how much do you miss these everyday interactions and connections, uh, the sort of more casual ones that have uh, reduced during this pandemic? And actually quite a lot. Um Close to 59% of you have said you miss them a lot. 27% of you say only occasionally. 14% of you say not at all. And perhaps what many people are missing a lot of is like you said the routine that, that uh, comfort of uh, things going back to normal but anyway um, keep sending us your thoughts you can take that poll at BFM radio or you can whatsapp us at 018-789-8899.
1: yes so we'll be taking a quick break right now but after that we'll be joined by Dr. Eugene T an associate professor in psychology for his perspective on the importance of maintaining these connections especially for uh, for people who do you know miss that sense of normalcy that comes with them So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to The Daily Digest on The Big Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to The Daily Digest on The Big Picture with me, Lim su and T-Xiao Ik in the studio. So today we're talking about friendships and connections, which sociologists term as weak ties. And before the break, you know, we were discussing what those ties look like. They are people that perhaps you don't see as frequently, but you have some sort of familiarity between them, where you might, you know, have occasionally chatted with them about mundane things, about things that happened in your life that day, and you know how some people, um, people like me, are missing out on those everyday connections, but people like you, Sherrick, um, may Anna. not necessarily <laughs> be, be missing on that. Yes, so you know, of
0: the sample size of two in the studio, we already have um a, a diverse uh, response. So we'd like to hear from you. Let me do a quick shout out on our for our poll. Uh, We're asking you how much do you miss these everyday interactions? A lot, only occasionally, or not at all? You can take that poll at BFM Radio, or WhatsApp us your thoughts at 18 But joining us on the line now to share his thoughts is Dr. Eugene T, an Associate Professor in Psychology. Welcome to the show, Dr. Eugene. Um, to start with, um, overall, how do you think the pandemic has changed how we view friendship and thus the friends or people that we continue to keep in touch with?
2: So the pandemic has certainly changed our our close relationships and our connections with those in our more broader general social networks. And I think it has done so in complex, but also interesting ways. Um, we might have experienced strained ties with family whom we consider ourselves close with, people that we live with, family members, housemates, roommates, or even certain friends. But instead, we also find ourselves growing to miss or might have even grown closer to those that we have weak ties with. So these include the casual acquaintances or friends, friends of friends, that we only meet on, say, certain special occasions. Uh, The pandemic has primarily changed our mode of interactions and communications. So these impact our close and also our more distant relationships. We communicate mostly virtually, through online settings. So our sense of closeness with the other is affected by, I think, predominantly the lack of non-verbals. Most purchases you would know are concluded or deliveries made, adhering to strict guidelines and policies. So even our most basic human interactions have become largely transactional, uh, which are devoid of actual human or even emotional connection. And interestingly, while we tend to rely mostly on visual cues when interacting with others, uh, some studies have shown that we also rely on our olfactory senses our sense of smell uh, to gauge others' emotional state and their, their health, um, even their gender. So these are absent since we tend to communicate at a distance or through technology uh, during the pandemic.
0: Hmm. And how are casual friendships, acquaintances or even the spontaneous conversation at a cafe beneficial to us?
2: We are a social species, and of course, it is necessary to acknowledge that some of us have a higher need for, say, more regular social interactions over others. But um, what, what sociologists and psychologists understand about these relationships, even if they are referred to as weak ties, is that they exert a strong psychological and health impact on us. Casual friendships and acquaintances were once found to lead to increased opportunities for career growth. Uh, today, or more recently, Uh, The group consisting, our groups consisting of weak ties rather, gives us a sense of belongingness in a world that grows increasingly uncertain. So groups, collectives of even distant friends or acquaintances creates a sense that we belong. Uh, People meeting up to watch a a live telecast of a sporting event tell us that there are others who share the same interest in that sport. And um, say meeting up in a cafe tells us that others also enjoy a particular brew or blend from that cafe, just like us. So these loosely bound groups, these trivial groups, um, there's nothing trivial about them really. They reassure us that in a complex world that there are others just like us.
1: Now I've said that I sometimes also find myself missing those regular interaction with people in general, you know, be it that auntie running the hawker stall I frequent or the um you know uncle at the local sundry shop. Now we may recognize each other but we barely know each other really. So why do I miss those social interactions?
2: We need to know that there is a social world out there that extends beyond our closest friends and family members. So right down to the individual level, casual friendships or interactions with friendly strangers or impromptu conversations with a person seated next to you on the MRT can offer us um, what I like to call brief micro moments of pleasantness over the day. We know how much an offhanded rude remark by a stranger can ruin our mood. Uh, But the same applies to compliments made by strangers. A positive comment about your new dress, a new shirt, by the barista that regularly makes your coffee is enough to give you a positive mood boost for at least a couple of hours. Um, A chat about the results from last night's football match with someone reading the paper reporting about that match uh, tells you that, that the other person was also following the game you were watching the previous night. Uh, and speaking of which, the uh, the hawker store auntie or the sundry shop uncle, to use the example you mentioned, knows you from your preference of your lunch meal or your grocery shopping list, what you're looking for when you're shopping. Uh, these individuals are not close to you, but they are familiar to you. You are also familiar to them. I think it's this familiarity that we're craving during these uncertain times, and sadly, uh, we don't have opportunities for these. Micro moments of familiarity in our social interactions. If we are working from home, shopping from home, or ordering in our food these days.
1: Now, you do hear some people, you know, who have uh, who say that you know having a few close friends is better than having many friends who you're not close with. But how fair is it to compare different categories of friendships? You know, are casual friendships or acquaintances as important as having close friends?
2: Um, so this goes back to the debate on quantity over quality in friends, or vice versa. Uh, I'll start by saying I don't think we benefit from drawing such a neat distinction that separates the need for friends into these, um, I would say, arbitrary or subjective categories. I'll also say that these interactions are important for different reasons. Close relationships are those with whom you share a lot with. There's a high degree of what we call self-disclosure, uh, trust and empathy between parties. Uh, But you might also feel at times that individuals close to you, not necessarily those that empathize with you the best. So I'm just pulling out one study here that showed that it's actually harder to empathize with others and to be compassionate with them if you too have the same experiences uh, uh, with them. So in a sense, these individuals can be too close to you to offer objective, meaningful advice. Uh, The weaker ties, the acquaintances, those in your, say, professional network or casual friends that you might only meet during certain events may not have the same level of self-disclosure with you but they might help by offering a more objective perspective on things if, of course, you're comfortable relating with them on a more personal level as they are with you. Um, Some recent studies also show that weak ties are no longer the best way to attain career growth or opportunities contrary to what is known um, or. Uh, you know, spoken to us, told, told to us by conventional wisdom. Um, I, I think our social interactions and manner in which we seek those opportunities have changed dramatically, uh, thanks to, in no small part, technology. So in short, weak ties may be better, may no longer rather be the best way to seek out career opportunities today.
0: Arguably, we do sort of keep in touch with some of our casual friends or acquaintances through social media. So to what extent does social media help us to maintain those kinds of friendships?
2: Uh, well for one we're lacking nonverbal cues and don't quite experience the natural flow of interactions that occur in face-to-face in-person real-time offline interactions i think as much as social media attempts to replicate social interactions it does a fairly poor job at that um likes and hearts are not the same as in-person nonverbal encouragers such as head nods or your minimal encourages uh, like your ahas or ums, right? So the more recognitions and validations of the other person's posts. True, true, you may say that we can comment and include emojis uh, in our reaction posts when we see our friends' updates on social media, but thus far, nothing quite supplants or replaces actual facial expressions and those non-verbal signals as responses, genuine, authentic responses to those posts. I think the short answer to this is that while social media helps us stay updated with our friends' lives, it still also a long way to go before it helps us stay connected with them. Being updated about your friends' lives and being connected to their lives are, to me, two different things.
1: So then how would um, perhaps losing these casual friendships and social interactions affect us?
2: So those of us who had a group for Friday night dinner and movies at the cinema, our gym group, or our Sunday brunch group, the loss of these groups and the casual friendships we have uh, with, with those groups do hurt our well-being. The growing sense of, of disconnect from not being part of the group can increase feelings of detachment and also isolation. Uh, This unwanted isolation, loneliness, and the dread of detachment um, can lead to loneliness. And this, of course, in turn affects our psychological well-being. I think generally we underestimate the value of such casual, loosely, weakly tied group of friends and overvalue the importance of our closest, nearest, and dearest. Uh, We overlook how the collective identity and shared experiences with many are also important on top of the close one-on-one dyadic, if you will, uh, intimate connections we have with others. Groups make us feel we belong to something larger than ourselves.
1: Now to look specifically in an office setting, because this was brought up in a lot of the articles I came across as well, now many of us would have lost that ability to have water cooler chats, for example, with our colleagues. How would that affect our work and productivity?
2: I think we schedule Zoom meetings or Skype, Microsoft Teams meetings these days, um, mostly for what we don't do it just for the sake of sharing gossip or rumors or to hear what's going on on the uh, in the grapevine. So the humble water cooler conversation as a contact and meeting point for such informal means of communication uh, has also unfortunately been lost during the pandemic. And there is something about the water cooler that isn't apparent in Zoom meetings, the water cooler conversation in this case. So these casual conversations uh, that occur organically from bumping into a colleague um, at the water cooler or the office pantry, there are spontaneous and informal events. Zoom meetings, right, are on the other hand, scheduled and formal. What we're missing, I think, from water cooler chats is to have a conversation with a colleague, but seeing the more human side to them. There are personal identities, idiosyncrasies, quirks and quibbles uh, become only apparent in such informal conversational settings. But formal meetings, especially those held over the screen, those require our colleagues to don their professional mask and um, assume their formal identities. Water cooler conversations, these informal chats, allows us to see our colleagues as human beings who share in our experiences of being in the same workplace. I I don't know of specific research on the effects of losing these informal interactions, uh, but I would hazard a guess and say that it would have some kind of a a relationship with a sense of trust, uh, our morale and, of course, our motivation uh, as a whole.
0: So do you think we'll lose that ability to spontaneously connect with others after this pandemic is over?
2: I'm going to be optimistic and say, no, I've had some friends who have expressed concerns about losing their social skills once we're allowed back or asked back into the office. Um, But two, maybe three years of mostly interacting with others online or through the phone is not going to permanently dull our inbuilt social skills and abilities. We'll still be able to pick out subtle facial expressions, um, of course, rely on our sense of smell, identify emotion from intonation and volume of speech, Uh, what else, Uh, infer unspoken thoughts from eye glances and guess intentions from hand gestures or even seating positions. So I think what most people are actually concerned about are the display rules or norms of appropriateness for when they return to work. Uh, The question they're likely asking is, will I be socially awkward when I'm asked to return to the office? So fortunately, I don't think it will take us too long to pick up again on those unspoken rules of communication uh, once we do get back to the workplace.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Eugene. That was Associate Professor in Psychology, Dr. Eugene T, um, sharing his thoughts on why some of us do miss those everyday connections that we have with the people around us and, you know, how every connection is important, regardless if we view them as close friends or mere acquaintances. And I guess it was reassuring to hear him say that, you know, it is that sense of familiarity that people are missing because so much of our lives in the past year has been, to use a word that has been used way too many times, Mm -hmm. Unprecedented. That's right.
0: <laughs> Completely upended for yes. many people. Um, not only, I mean, ov- obviously, um, we miss out on the casual connections that come from. Um, That typically come from our everyday routines, which for many of you who are working from home, almost um, non-existent. Yeah. So so yeah, those kinds of you know stopping by to buy nasi lemak before you head to work, you don't get those kinds of connections anymore. Of course, many of us are also separated from our family and Mm. friends, right? And so, um, what Dr. Eugene uh, and and colleagues as as well, because what Dr. Eugene brought up about the water cooler chats and you know typically you just you know have a bit of a gossip um uh, in the pantry or, or just over the desk you 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 can't do that over zoom it just feels too awkward <laughs> it feels like you you schedule zoom to have a discussion right yes. about something and then you feel like you're being trivial by talking about you know uh, am i being trivial by by you know just indulging in some light gossip it, it, you you it just you don't know how to navigate uh, these kinds of interactions
1: that's right and it, nowadays people are so tired of zoom meetings also already yes. right you don't want to prolong something unnecessarily for for, for something that, I guess like you said people might see as trivial as unimportant when you and the other per- and the person at the other end are already so tired mm, and you just true. want the Zoom call to end. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Um, You know, we have been asking you on Twitter,
0: how much do you miss these everyday interactions and connections that have um, kind of reduced quite a bit during this pandemic. Um, almost 56% of you say you miss them a lot. 27% say only occasionally. About 13.7% of you say not at all. I guess I'm sitting somewhere between only occasionally and, and not at all. Um, we have an interesting WhatsApp comment um, who said, um, I love to be by myself, re examining life and reaffirming purpose. Maybe I'm in the wrong planet. So, well,
1: I guess not, because there are a lot of other people who don't miss the, those yes. connections at all. Yes,
0: and if you're experiencing COVID just like the rest of us, you are on this planet, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, not yet. We have to be, we can't move to another planet just yet. And I feel like we shouldn't give up on a (laughs) just yet.
0: (laughs) I don't think we should, you know, um, bring all our troubles to another planet. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I think um, it's tempting to think that um once, you know, we're, we're all looking forward to the end of the MCO, for instance, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's asking, oh, when's MCO going to end? And then um everything will somehow magically be back to normal. It's tempting to think that way and uh, unfortunately, that may not be the case. We still don't know how things are going with the pandemic, right? So I, I, I feel like um, it's little connections. If you can still hang on to the little connections, um, that will make you feel better. It it will help to tide you through these times.
1: And I guess being human, we will find a way through it. One you know, one way or another, mm. right? Even with the mask on, we've learned how to recognize that the other person is smiling. That's right. Or just you know use our words more creatively I guess to show how we're feeling because expressions body language may not necessarily be easily readable especially mm. not over an online meeting mm. so it's just learning to learning to sort of live in the new normal yeah I,
0: I find that I have I'm putting in a bit more effort to communicate with the delivery riders that Mm -hmm. come, uh, you know, with the food delivery and all of that. I I recognize that the work that they do is really difficult. Um, uh, There's so many deliveries to be made and and, uh, they're under a lot of stress. I just feel like even though I'm not a big fan of um, uh, making these kinds of connections, I just feel like I want to. You know, just wish them an extra thank you uh, when they deliver and they do a good job, you know. And, and I just feel like little, yeah, um, you know, little touches like these, um, even if you don't think it makes a big impact, especially for somebody else who's, um, you know, driving out in the hot sun the almost the whole day to to meet all their uh, uh, deliveries and their deadlines. Um, perhaps it can go a long way mm. in just helping them to feel a, a bit buoyed. you know.
1: That's right. And I think that's what exactly um, that's exactly what Dr. Eugene said, you know. It's it's that little thing that to you may mean nothing, but to the other person it could make their day all the better. Mm.
0: Actually something very interesting that my husband observed and he, he said that the um, coffee shop the the, the hawker store mm-hmm. operators have become so much friendlier <laughs> when he goes to Tapao from them, you know. Previously they'd be the grumpy ones because they'd probably just too too many orders right mm. in the coffee shop for them to even look up at you. Now they're all very friendly and they're like you know wanting to chit chat with you and wanting to uh, invite you to stop by their stall instead of the other stall. <laughs> so
1: who knows? Yes, I guess you know make that effort really. The lesson of the day. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> so you can continue to share your thoughts with us um, by tweeting us at BFM Radio or WhatsApp us at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Now unfortunately that's all the time we have for the show today. You can however look us up on Facebook at BFM The Bigger Picture if you'd like to get in touch directly. And if you've missed any part of this show, you can download the podcast at bfm.my slash Daily Digest on the BFM app or anywhere else that you get your podcasts from. Now, coming up after the 3pm News Bulletin is Earth Matters, where Juliet Jacobs will be speak- speaking to Rob Dietz, an author, economist and program director at the Post Carbon Institute on what we can expect from the Biden administration in terms of climate change and environmental environmental justice. So you don't want to miss that interesting conversation coming up soon. That's all from uh, us at the Daily Digest. This has been the bigger picture, BFM
2: 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.